Welcome to The Flight Stuff, an Alpha Flight podcast. I'm Liam O'Donnell, Editor-in-Chief of Cinepunks.com. I'm Adriana Gober, Managing Editor of Cinepunks.com. And I'm Doug Tilly, a contributor to Cinepunks.com. And a man about town. That's how I describe you, Doug. You're a man about town. How do you feel about that? Well, I haven't been a man about town over the last year and a half or so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, let's consider town the internet. And I think of you as a man about it, about the internet. I'm bad about it when it comes to the internet. Thank you, Liam. So uh, I don't know if anyone would have noticed. They might. This might be a thing <laughs> that they may have you know, been aware of. But uh, where have we been since October of 2019? There hasn't been a flight stuff. I, I don't know about you guys. I was on an adventure. Um, and apparently some stuff went down while I was adventuring uh, in another dimension. And I came back and everyone's really sad and wearing masks. So what's been going on with y'all, Adriana? What, what's, what's life been like since the last flight stuff? Um, well, I mean, uh, there's been a global pandemic. Uh, Fuck so what? That, yeah. Can, can you believe it? That's crazy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, not, not a whole lot has been going on since we recorded our last episode. You know, um, there was, you know, the, the, the COVID lockdown. So for most of 2020, I was just indoors um, watching a lot of movies. Doug, I know that you were hoping to spend uh, the time since the last uh, episode uh, catching up on your collection of every issue of comics that Speedball appeared in. Uh, <laughs> did you manage to, to reach that goal? No, you know, I got uh, derailed a little bit by the pandemic, but I do have some good news, Liam. I have gotten my first shot of my vaccine, and uh, I mean, appropriate for the flight stuff, I've developed powers of magnetism. I am now the master of magnetism and I can uh, I'm all sorts of things attaching to my body at this very moment probably not related to the fact that I'm also very sweaty uh but uh, yeah no look you know it it's been a rough year and a half plus uh and it's been um frustrating a little bit to be disconnected from a lot of people that I care about and you know in some ways also disconnected from this podcast and I, I felt like we we're in, we were in a really interesting place not necessarily high quality in terms of the work we were talking about at the time that we left things in October of 2019. But because I was in that unique position on this podcast of not knowing where anything was going, I uh, I couldn't get as um, uh, depressed about where, where things were headed <laughs> compared to where uh, both of you might have been. So um, right now, us returning has been very exciting to hear about and to kind of get back into the fold. I feel a little embarrassed because I've not been reading a lot of comics during the pandemic. I had a lot of trouble focusing for a while. I think a lot of people sure, were yeah. experiencing that yeah. as well. But uh, but now that I'm now that my head's back in the game, so to speak, it was fun to uh, to dig into a project that had a lot of moving pieces and one specifically related to our beloved Alpha Flight. I agree, and uh, you know, the last time we recorded actually was when uh, the 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 company uh, brought back Alpha Flight briefly for for a one shot, and now they've they've brought the team back in some form or another uh, for another uh, 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 quick uh, introduction. This time for a crossover event called Heroes Reborn. Heroes Reborn. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, read a little bit of this copy here. Heroes Reborn is a 2021 comic book storyline published by Marvel Comics, as we all know. Uh, it's a central miniseries written by Jason Aaron and illustrated by Ed McGinnis, as well as a number of tie-in books. It explores a Marvel universe without the Avengers. 
Though it is unrelated to the 1996-97 storyline of the same name, the plot involves a change in the timeline of the Marvel Universe, which results in a continuity in which the Squadron Supreme are Earth's mightiest heroes, while the Avengers never came to be. However, the Vampire Slayer Blade is the only one aware of the change in history and works to uncover the mystery behind it. Heroes are born. It's exciting. It's it's fun. It's it's a new thing that's happening. It's something that I didn't bother to read all of it. But uh, before <laughs> before we get into a little bit of that, I just wanted to, to do a quick check-in with everyone as far as their experience with the Squadron Supreme. Doug, before Heroes are born, how familiar were, were you with this team, the Squadron Supreme? Uh, pretty familiar. Uh, I had read the miniseries from the 80s, I think it was, uh, that, that was sort of kind of the entry point a lot of people have when it comes to them as a whole. For those who don't know, listeners who don't know, the Squadron, the Squadron Supreme are basically a superhero team meant to be a direct analog to DC's Justice League. So you have Hyperion, who's supposed to be the Superman character, and Nighthawk, who's supposed to be the Batman character. At the time when these characters were introduced to Marvel, that was a pretty original thing to do. There's been a lot of different variations on that since. Uh, I believe that there was a miniseries in the early 2000s, one that was uh, very, very dark, very cynical, as a lot of the work of that time period was that I read as well. So I'm familiar with these characters. I wasn't sure going into this big event what their position was in the Marvel Universe as a whole. It looks like there is no position. This is a way to kind of get them back into the wider Marvel Universe. So I have to say, heading into it, I was pretty excited to read it. I feel you on that one. Adriana, I think you have a Dr. Spectrum tattoo, right? You're a big fan of the Squadron Supreme? <laughs> uh, well, actually, Liam, I was aware that you know the Squadron Supreme were a, a thinly veiled Justice League analog. But beyond that, I really don't have much familiarity with them. I mean, I've I've spoken about this on the show before, but when it comes to Marvel Comics, you know, if it's not the X-Men, then I probably am not paying attention to it much. And um, I've, I've always been much more of, of a DC person. And then as far as this Heroes Reborn event, um, I have, other than this Weapon X and Final Flight issue and the um, Magneto and the Mutant Force issue, uh, I have not read any of it. So what context I have for the issue we're going to be discussing today, it just sort of came from, you know, reading little blurbs or, or wiki entries. Um, mm. I do like the fact that Blade seems to be central to whatever is going on in, the, in this event. I mean, Doug could probably speak to this more since he has actually read most of it. Like, I don't know how much Blade actually appears or is involved, but uh, based on like the solicitations and press write-ups, it sounds like he's he's pretty um, integral to what's going on. But I don't know. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. In fact, he's kind of the key character in this uh, miniseries in terms of unraveling what's going on because he's the only person after this. Uh, the I mean, you've already mentioned in your blurb there, Liam, this this idea that the universe has basically been revamped or revised so that the Avengers never existed. So all of the characters that you are familiar with in Marvel, a lot of them are shown, like the Hulk, like Wolverine, as we'll talk about in just a little bit, but their lives are completely different because they didn't have that impact of the Avengers on them. Some of these characters are dead. Some, some of them are villains. It's just a really... It's, it is a kind of a fun concept to play around with, but Blade is the only person who exists that remembers the world as it used to be. So he has to collect together some heroes, including um, Captain America, who hadn't been unfrozen in this reality, to uh, to kind of 
fight back against the Squadron Supreme. So as a, as a concept, I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I like Blade as a character a lot. Um, I'm a I'm kind of a DC guy, as I mentioned when we used to record episodes of the Flight stuff. So Solidarity. I love. Yeah, I love that idea. But one of my favorite characters in DC is Psycho Pirate Two, who uh, probably notoriously, when it comes when it comes to the Crisis on Infinite Earth, the the big uh, event in the '80s that basically killed hundreds of characters and basically kept all the continuity and rebooted things in in terms of DC. Psycho Pirate Two was a character that afterwards was the only or one of the only characters that remembered the before time that was actually cursed with these memories of knowing that things had changed, that this crisis had occurred. And I always found that very interesting. It's uh, investigated in a lot of detail in Grant Morrison's Animal Man run from the uh, the later part of the 80s, something I really love about that. So I like that that they have a character here who had that sort of... uh, uh, insight into what happened before. Not that Blade was going to go insane or anything like that from his knowledge, that he just used it as sort of a motivation. But, you know, the fact that I certainly didn't expect when I read about this series that Blade was going to be kind of front and center, though that is also something, now that we're talking about the series, that is a real limitation, which is I said that he's going to be front and center. When it comes to that that part of the story with Blade collecting these heroes, it just takes a massive backseat to everything that's going on because the the central six issues of this miniseries are really focused individually on the squadron supreme each issue has a lengthy story about one of those characters and then kind of a backstory of like five six seven eight uh pages which which goes into more about the blade side story so yeah if you love this the uh, squadron supreme then you might like this series a lot more than than i think we seem to yeah, I do feel that um, it, the pieces that I read, it's hard to say because I didn't enjoy what I was reading, but I wonder if I might enjoy it more if there was more space to stretch out so that we could get more into the story. There's a lot of issues that I read that just felt like, let's just give you a quick taste of what was going on previously with Hyperion, or here's a quick taste of what Dr. Spectrum's life is kind of like. And um, it none of it felt very dynamic. Like there wasn't a lot of narrative flow to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, for me, I, I also was somewhat familiar with the Squadron Supreme. I will say that uh, unlike y'all, uh, I think DC can suck an egg, you know, make my Marvel. <laughs> and uh, and I, I own multiple issues of that uh, Squadron Supreme miniseries that you talked about, Doug. Uh, never occurred to me that they were an analog for the Justice League. Never clicked. <laughs> never really came into focus for me. And uh, does that make me feel stupid? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, but that, you know, it is what it is. Um, my first introduction to this team was in the Defenders issue, and I, I wish I had the number for you guys, but one of the first issues I bought uh, on my own besides the X-Men was this old issue of Defenders that had a crossover with the Squadron Supreme. And because of that, I saw the Defenders and the Squadron Supreme as analogs of each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, even though they're not, that's how I viewed them because I was introduced to them together. And in fact, because the teams are intermingled in this issue, I sometimes had trouble remembering which people were squadron people and which people were defenders people. You know? Um, and granted, I you know, I read that issue when I was probably like nine, eight or nine. So maybe that was part of it too. Uh, but all that to say, I was aware of them as a as a as a uh, 
as a thing that existed in the Marvel Universe that was not central. It was sort of a, a side idea. But they always made me laugh. I mean, first of all, the name itself is so freaking ridiculous to me that I, I well, and I should have thought, like, of course, it's, you know, it's it's uh, it's an analog of DC. So, of course, the name sucks. Anyways, point is, <laughs> oh, man, I took a shot. I didn't even get a response. Try harder, Liam. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Uh, the point is, is that I really probably should have picked up on it and I didn't but on this reading and again I didn't read as much as you Doug but I tried to get a few issues in it was really clear what was going on you know I picked up on it immediately like oh okay I see what's happening here <laughs> um, and and I it, it did in fact make me feel like a goofus because and maybe that's because now I'm much more familiar with these characters than I was at the time I don't know but uh, I, I will say though and I, and I think Doug you would agree some of the opportunities that might be available in using these characters uh in taking shots at at you know the competition and maybe sort of caricaturing the competition didn't seem to happen as much as i as i thought it would in fact if there is a bit of caricature or or satire here it's of other things i i don't feel like the writers of this series had dc on their mind as much as they had other things on their mind what do you think i mean it there's a real double-edged sword to trying to take shots or being satirical in those sort of circumstances in that there's a lot of people who read marvel comics that also really like dc comics sure so if it felt like that you were like mocking these and i mean let's face it the members of the justice league particularly the the trinity at its core are all iconic characters and um and also even on top of that when it comes to particularly batman and and superman but, but wonder woman as well these are characters that have been written about and parodied and mocked and I mean, everything almost that you could say about these characters has already been said so it would be hard to come up with a new take on it so the fact is in the in the context of this miniseries as well as uh, frankly a lot of the squadron supreme work that i've read including j michael straczynski's supreme power from 2003 which i was referring to earlier it it really is a case of what if it was the justice league except they were either assholes or that the power went to their head or uh some sort of variation on that right where they just become more fascistic that sort of thing but like even um even dc themselves have explored that at this point they have their injustice series that they've turned into video games which are basically right, the yeah. exact same sort of concept you know what if superman declared himself you know all god all king over people the, the the idea of taking these beloved superheroes and turning them into villains or kind of villain adjacent it's uh, not exactly a new concept now like it would have been in the mid 80s i think that's fair i think that's fair still um, I would have liked something to make this more interesting. That being said, <laughs> we're not here to review uh, the whole Heroes Reborn series, which is good because Adriana only read a couple. Um, we're here to talk specifically about them bringing out our buddies, our old friends, the, the folks who called us here today off a of flight. We're here sort to of. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A few yeah. of them. Yeah, we're going to talk about that as well. We're here to talk Some about- Some of them weren't so lucky. Yeah, exactly. We're here to talk about my favorite character, Marina. Let's see what she's been up to in this Heroes Reborn series. Uh -oh. 
And, and I think that's one of the things we're going to talk about here is the decisions that were made. Because uh, we're here to talk about Heroes Reborn, Weapon X, and Final Flight. Which, by the way, already ominous. We're, we, as soon as Final's in there, I'm like, fuck, this is not going to go where I want it to go. Uh, volume 1, number 1, uh, released June 18th. That was very recently to now, 2021. Uh, covered by Tony S. Daniel. Written by Ed Brisson. Pencils by Roland Boshi? 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 I would say Boshi. Pencils by Roland Boshi. Uh, you know, before we get into the content here, we just want to quick mention this cover. Uh, I think we all probably are on the same page here. The cover's fine, but it's, it's a little unimpressed. It's it, There's nothing about the cover that you would write home about. Is Adrian, is that fair to say? Sure. I mean, it's a fairly standard team pose cover. Um, I d- also, I just want to say, you left out the colorist, Chris O'Halloran. Oh, because it's, oh, it, it wasn't on my list. That's why. If Doug doesn't tell me to say, I only I bring that up. Well, first I just think it's important to you give credit to everyone. 100%, 100%. But also, I really like the coloring and, yeah, and this too. comic, which mm-hmm. we'll get into. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I I like the cover a lot. But um, as far as the composition, I mean, it's just kind of your standard like team action pose. But uh, Doug brought this up before we started recording. But I think the big like the key thing with this cover is that it has the character redesigns on full display. So we, we got to see, you know, what, what this universe's version of Shaman looks like and this universe's Guardian and, of course, Wolverine. And he's wearing an outfit that is sort of hearkening back to one of his, like, classic, mm-hmm. the classic brown and yellow. Yeah, so, so that aspect of it is pretty cool. The only other thing that's, I think, notable about this cover, Liam, is who isn't on it. Exactly. Because it gives us a big clue as to what this version of Alpha Flight is going to look like. And I didn't really kind of hook into that until I started reading the issue proper. But yeah, I mean, when you look at who's here and who isn't, uh, it shows that, that what this story is going to be about is something a little different than what we've usually talked about on this show. Yeah, and I, I, as to the redesign aspect, too, I do want to point out, and we'll probably get into it more later, is uh, Wolverine is looking much more Weapon X-y than he does, yeah. usually. It's pretty clear, you know, there's places where technology can connect into him, and, you know, I kind of like that, actually. Uh, I I will say, as part of the series, the cover features a uh, banner at the bottom letting you know this is part of Heroes Reborn in this uh, orange with this, uh, I, I don't know how to describe this font, but this uh, this banner is on all the Heroes Reborn issues, and it ties into the, on the back cover, there's like a issue list that lets you follow along so you know like what order to go in and and i just want to name for me and see what you guys think i, I think it's fucking ugly and i think <laughs> the design of it for the back cover for every place i've seen this orange with these fonts it, i think it's fucking ugly and it's distracting from an otherwise attractive cover yeah it's intrusive um and you'll see this happen with a lot of uh, covers for event books is like you know they'll have these big ugly intrusive banners that distract from you know the often very wonderful art of, of the cover artists. Something I wanted to talk about, just going back to Wolverine, um, is that there, I think there's a really nice touch here um, on the part of, of on the part of the artist, this character design, where you can see the at, like shards of adamantium jutting yes. out of his arm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you see that throughout um, the interiors as well. And I, I just think that's really cool. You know, it's just it's just kind of like a nice little detail that differentiates him from the Wolverine we're more used to seeing. Well, and I think it allows to, you know, part of 
what should be interesting, and, and I think maybe Doug, having read the whole series, would argue that they don't capitalize it enough. But part of what should be interesting is how is the world different, right, without the Avengers? And that's how we end up with the Squadron Supreme. But there's a lot of details that have changed without them. And so part of the question has to be how has the process, the bonding process changed in this different world? And that adamantium is part of that story, right? That something isn't quite the same. They don't explore it. And I don't know that they have to. I kind of like the visual cue. But I, I think it also gives something for folks who like to do that kind of like uh, fan work of like, you know, you're reading this and you're thinking like, wow, I wonder why it looks like that. There's a lot of fun stuff you could do on your own with that. Uh, although I will say overall, I don't know that they capitalize on those opportunities as much as they could in the series. It reminded me a little bit of Neil Gaiman's 1602 series. Yes. Where, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, which I think is a lot of fun. You know, it, it kind of reimagines the Marvel Universe in the early 1600s. And there were later a bunch of spinoffs in regards to it. And investigating that as kind of a wider world, I think that kind of ran its course by the time it was all said and done. But as a concept, there was so much there. It's like, well, what would this look like in this context? What would this look like? But unfortunately, in this particular case, it's just the imagination behind it. It's I don't want to be to knock the writers, but like, if the concept is, what if our world, or the world you're familiar with, what if the Marvel Universe, except maybe a little darker, maybe a little... We went through decades at this point of people just pushing stuff as dark as it can possibly be. So things getting even a little bit darker doesn't hold a lot of interest to me. I would love to see concept where it's like... And this is something they even tease in the early issues of this, which is, what if the Marvel Universe... But they've introduced characters that made things better for everybody, right? Like that things are a little bit lighter and that things can be a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of Silver Age-ish and seeing what that would look like. Maybe that's just me, you know, yelling at a cloud here uh, as I I want to do. But uh, for for me, this, this book, this series of books, I should say, just doesn't go far enough to making substantial change. And we won't give away the ending of the series because literally the issue came out just last week, the end of the, the Heroes Return uh, series. So we won't talk about that. But I'm interested to, to talk about something that's sort of a one-off that could, I think when it comes to these one-offs, they had the ability to to take a few more chances, even if, again, none of this is going to have long-lasting effects in regards to what Alpha Flight is or where they're going to be in the wider Marvel Universe because... After this event, what we're going to talk about here, this stuff doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I Well, we're going to get into it. Doug, why don't you tell us a little bit about the world of no return? Uh, what happens? What's what's going on in this one-off issue? So uh, we understand at the beginning that the Squadron Supreme have invaded Canada. Uh, they annexed British Columbia. Oop. Uh, and Alberta, uh, uh, and in the process, they're also in the uh, on the tail of the remaining members of Alpha Flight. So Alpha Flight, in this case, are a governmental organization, just like they were at the beginning, and they're led it, it, by Weapon X, aka Wolverine. Uh, especially, uh, they're upset that the Squadron Supreme are because Weapon X actually were able, was able to kill Hyperion in an earlier fight. He did get better. Uh, we learned that in the two years since then, Guardian, Vindicator, Puck, North Star, Snowbird. Talisman and Marina have all been killed. So many of the OG Alpha Flight members not appearing in this issue uh, at, at all. Uh, this group of Alpha Flight, they learned that 100 Canadian Patriots have been arrested and imprisoned. In this case, Patriots, people are who still support Alpha Flight. And while Sasquatch wants to help them, Wolverine is very hesitant until a discussion with uh, the Weapon X uh, program founder, Truett Hudson, convinced him that it's time to fight back. Wolverine leads the members of Alpha Flight to Nova Scotia. 
where they tangle with some of the soldiers uh, that are not not uh, that are sort of on the side. The soldiers are representative of the the American side of things. But Sasquatch vanished during the night uh, after a discussion with Aurora, who he is uh, a partner of in in this continuity, where he revealed his guilt about the increasing casualties of the long-standing war. Uh, reinvigorated by their successful battle, Alpha Flight returned to the headquarters, where Sasquatch has also returned to tell them that the prisoners that are uh, from Nova Scotia are being moved to the U.S. for immediate execution, and he has a plan to stop it. Wolverine agrees with him. They assemble in Ottawa, and they find themselves ambushed by the Squadron Supreme, who we discover, wait for it, have been tipped off by the uh, traitorous Sasquatch. The squadron overwhelms Shaman, and without his help, Wolverine ends up being beaten by Hyperion, who burns him to a cinder. We discover uh, the deal with Sasquatch was solely for Wolverine, who the Squadron Supreme have a lot of issues with, and the rest of Alpha Flight are allowed to go free, as are the prisoners. Uh, the group, Alpha Flight, the remainder, are rightfully very pissed at Sasquatch, but he says it was the only way since they had already really lost the war. There was no way for them to to uh, to stand up to the Squadron Supreme. The issue ends with Wolverine still alive, being placed on a long dead planet in the quote unquote black galaxy by Doctor Spectrum, the uh, Squadron's Green Lantern analog, to live out the rest of eternity. It's a very dark, very depressing ending for that character, uh, and it's kind of a depressing issue altogether uh, to see where Alpha Flight is in this continuity. Very bleak. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's real rough. Um, Adrian, I want to start with you. Like, um, just as a comic, you know, we can get into you know the art and how it works as a one-off. But just as a reader and appreciator of Alpha Flight, how did this issue strike you? What were your thoughts when you first read it? Well, first of all, no North Star is homophobia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I was a little, you know, it is kind of a, a little bit jarring at first, just going into this and seeing like, oh, like some of my favorite characters like North Star and Puck are completely out of the picture. They died at some point before the events of this comic. And so you have no time to mourn those versions of the characters because you have to just like jump right into <laughs> um, whatever is going on in the issue. But overall, I enjoyed, I maybe that's not the right word, but I appreciated this one shot and what it was doing. And I like that, you know, we really get to see the sadistic, ruthless expansionism of this version of uh, the Squadron Supreme for what it is. And uh, it gets into that area that, that some comics do of like critiquing the more fascistic elements of, of, of superheroes as, as figures and uh, like superhero comics. Um, I like that we get to see Wolverine as an actual leader of the Alpha Flight rather than, uh, you know, a guest in, in an Alpha Flight comic, uh, uh, which is kind of like, you know, what we get with the OG series and not being adversarial with Alpha Flight. Like, um, well, except, you know, if you count like the infighting within the group between Wolverine and uh, Walter, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into more. And I really liked the art. Um, I think that was actually my favorite aspect of this book. You know, it's very stylized, angular line and expressive lines. And there's like some very creative um, use of inset panels and other compositional tricks. Like uh, something that really stood out to me was at one point towards the end of the comic when the team gets ambushed by the squadron uh, and Hyperion attacks Wolverine, his cape is fluttering in the wind and it's used um, like to break up the panels and really focus your attention on what is quite a shocking moment or is meant to be a shocking moment. Just going back to what I, I said earlier about the coloring, I think Chris O'Halloran's coloring here is really fantastic. And he, uh, he gives the pages a slightly faded or muted 
sort of filter um, that kind of emulates pre-digital coloring, particularly of the 1970s. Like it has that that yellow, that look of like the yellowish brown paper that comics were printed on. Uh, I think that's probably what he was going for. It ha- but it has, you know, a, a modern spin on it too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, for the most part, I, I liked it. Uh, real quick, I wanted to get a general from Doug. Doug, how'd you feel about this issue? The thing I like most about this issue is that it takes the team seriously. Uh, right. It's not, yeah. it's not a joke. It's not, it's not meant to background them. And even the fact that, yes, Wolverine is the leader of Alpha Flight here, but it, it's notable that Wolverine does not have a presence in the larger miniseries at all. This is his only appearance, so it makes it more impactful. I mean, we're all used to Wolverine putting being put front and center as a way to sell comics. In this case, it feels like it's a very sensible thing to have Wolverine at the front and to have these other characters, you know, work with him. And as uh, Adriana said, you know, the, the team seems to work well together. That infighting is based on a perspective that that is fairly sympathetic uh, in some ways when it comes to what Sas- uh, Sasquatch does in this issue. Yeah. Because... At, at his core, at the core of what he's trying to say, he's right. Alpha Flight are a very strong team, but the Squadron Supreme, they're basically the Justice League, right? They're incredibly overpowered. And the, the, the fact that in their past that Wolverine was able to kill Hyperion, we're told, we're, it's made very explicit, it was only because of the assistance from Shaman that allowed that to happen. So, I mean, in the long run... The you know the, the the fact is they've lost two provinces already. They're losing Canada in huge huge chunks. Uh, this is and they're on the run. There there's even the the wanted posters all over the place. So Alpha Flight are fugitives in this case. I like that as a concept. And I I as dark and as bleak. Bleak is really the right word. Uh, that as the ending is, I like that there's a little bit more meat to chew on. Where it's like Sasquatch still feels like he did the right thing, even if he hates himself for doing it. And he did save those hundred prisoners, right? And he did save the lives of the rest of Alpha Flight. The one person who really gets screwed over here is Wolverine, who is very similar in a lot of ways because we were in his head in his voiceover for much of it. Very similar to the Wolverine that we kind of know, you know, cynical, but but still truly a hero. The fact that this issue ends with him struggling to breathe on this planet where you know he's going to live out however long in agony for as long as he exists that's that's a dark horrible place to end on but i mean uh, overall i was really pleased with it and i i really do want to mention the art it almost has kind of a uh it, it's funny that you know we just moved away from um in terms of the issues we were talking about of alpha flight in our last episode where mike mignola was still involved with the series the, the art here kind of more resembles Mike Mignola's later art, you know, very shadowy, very kind of a little bit blocky, but very stylized. But I love yeah. it. And kind of that muted coloring where it, 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 I mean, there's obviously a lot of care was taken. Uh, I will actually say, and maybe this is a little bit um, controversial, I actually prefer the art in this issue to any of the art on the main series. I really do like it a lot. And I like seeing these characters kind of re-envisioned while they're still recognizable. In some ways, I like some of these redesigns more than the regular designs. It gives me me that kind of hope and a kind of feeling that, boy, if they were to relaunch a new Alpha Flight series, you could do so many interesting things with it as long as you didn't feel too beholden to its history. I hear what y'all are saying here. I think um, I definitely want to echo 
the feeling that the art is spectacular. And I agree with you, Doug. I think the only other art I also liked from what I read, but partly because it was weird, was actually the issue that was focused on Dr. Spectrum. Um, and I think that art appealed to me because it went in a different direction. Yeah, very much the kind of yeah, yeah, Looney yeah, yeah. Tooney. Like it, it kind of reminded me of some sort of like, uh, like I don't know, like uh, '60s biker art. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like Rat Fink is kind of what it looked like. And that and sounds I, cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Do you know who did the art? So uh, the artist is James Stokoe, which I just, what I appreciate about it is that it was different. Some of the other art in these issues that I read, and again, I didn't finish the whole series, was just very tame. Um, And so what I appreciate about this issue as well with the art is that it stood out. It didn't feel like everything else I was looking at. um, And I I liked the shadiness of it. Um, I really appreciated the character redesigns as well, Doug, especially I thought Shaman's design was... Awesome. Like, I just thought yeah. he looked super I love it. I really do, yeah. Super it's my cool. favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he looked super cool. And and I liked even not just the, the when we say design, uh, we're talking about the, the outfits, you know, but also the way they um, sort of represented his powers looked cool. I don't know. Everything about how he looked in this issue I really liked. I also appreciated some of the characterization. The, the one that I liked the most it, for me – uh, is Walter. Uh, I don't think I found him as sympathetic as you uh, did, Doug. In fact, that's why I liked it, because I've always hated Walter. And to <laughs> finally see him um, be the uh, the the rat that I always thought he was, was really great. It was like a really big fulfillment for me of a character that I've always thought was bad. Uh, in the end, I think you're probably right, Doug. He actually does have a point, uh, but I'm so emotionally attached to Wolverine that the fact that his deal hinges on Wolverine uh, suffering and dying just fulfilled for me that I hate him and I want him to suffer. So that was great. I felt like that was a really good choice. That being said, um, I was not as excited about this as you guys. And I realize the reason for that for me is um, I want Alpha Flight, if they're going to come back in any form, to come back in a way that feels like a celebration for me, a celebration of the characters. Uh, and in some way, that fulfills that in the way that Doug said. This takes them seriously. It takes them seriously as Canada's line of defense. You know, Squadron Supreme is a threat to the planet, and Alpha Flight is sort of, you know, uh, uh, the, the only hope Canada really has against this group. I love that aspect of it, but I don't really need this grim story. I don't need it, and I didn't have fun with it, and I really was missing the characters that I love. If I'm being honest, um, if, if, if we don't just think about Wolverine, um, really, Shaman's the only character here I care about. I don't... I, I've, I've never been a big Aurora fan. Um, this version of... Uh, what is it? Guardian? Like, I guess it's... Uh, Heather and Heather and James's child. Do I have yeah. that right? Yeah, Claire um, Hudson. Claire Hudson. I'm unfamiliar, and I don't really care about it. Really, it was like <laughs> it was the Shaman and Wolverine show, and that was just not enough for me as a fan. Uh, I, that doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, I think it's written pretty well, and to be honest, and I think Doug will support me on this, it's really one of the better things that happened in this whole miniseries. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's so much more a complete story than some of the things I read, which felt like afterthoughts, honestly. Um, or, Or felt like tidbits. They didn't feel like uh, actual narratives. And this, though it's not the full story, is at least a story. And I think it tells an arc that is 
you know, in some sense interesting. But it's just not what I want. Um, and, and, and I think I would feel – and I know this isn't fair, but it's true. I'd feel differently if this was just a deviation of a normally running Alpha Flight book. Like Alpha Flight exists. We've already got a bunch of stuff. We're taking a brief detour. We'll be back to the main story. But that's not what's happening. This is like another taste of a team that I think is a lot of fun and hasn't had a fair shot in a while. Though I do remember that one shot we covered was pretty good too. Um, I don't know. I just I hope I, I I wish there was more here. Uh, and that some of the characters that were sacrificed were not the ones that were sacrificed because I like them more. Uh, than some of the characters we got. Uh, but that being said, I mean, there is a lot here to like. And one of the things I didn't mention yet, but I want to point out, uh, Sasquatch looks freaking awesome. Uh, I, I like this redesign of Sasquatch as well. And and I kind of want this look to be what people do in the future. Because I, I kind of like it more than the just general Yeti feel he had before. I like this like more almost like demon-like look. So anyways, I don't know. I, 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 I have mixed feelings on it. I didn't hate it. It's certainly better than other parts of the series. But as an Alpha Flight fan, I don't know that I'm in love with what I read. Maybe I'm being unfair. No, I think you're being fair. It, it, it's difficult also because I did read the entire series, including all the spinoff uh, issues. And you're right. This is one of the better ones that that of that which isn't really necessarily saying much though i will say that i enjoyed a few of them i enjoyed the magneto based one the one that focuses on peter parker who in this uh reality did not get bitten by a spider uh he actually has kind of the jimmy olsen role uh in this except he actually dislikes hyperion which so i thought it was kind of an interesting little twist yeah, in terms of yeah. that what one thing that is good about this particular issue is compared to how a lot of other familiar characters in this universe act they almost act like amalgams of other characters. So a lot of what you are familiar with in regards to them, they're acting much differently. But for the most part, Shaman seems to be like how Shaman is. Wolverine feels like Wolverine, right? You only get kind of bits of like Aurora and Sasquatch. But for the most part, the 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 tragedy at the core of this is a tragedy because you're familiar with these characters to some extent. And they are acting like those characters that you're familiar with. Sure. But I'm, I'm with you, Liam. I would... This still doesn't feel like Alpha Flight in terms of um, in in terms of what we're familiar with because it's missing so many of those pieces. It, it, they haven't changed a lot of the pieces that exist. It's just that they're missing a lot of pieces. I don't even think we mentioned. Uh, I think you probably could have picked it up from what we've talked about. But Alpha Flight, as it exists in this comic, is Wolverine, Shaman, Sasquatch. Aurora, North Star has been killed, as we mentioned. Uh, Weapon X, Logan, uh, and Guardian. So that's the all you get of the members of Wolverine. Every other one you're familiar with, we've already said it. Puck, uh, Marina, North Star, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's just no no one talks about them outside of just listing their names. No one refers to them outside of Aurora mentioning her brother because uh, part of her uh, battle with the uh, speedster of the Squadron Supreme is you know based on her getting revenge. But it's not like there's the kind of it, it, it doesn't haunt the team like you would kind of want it to be haunted simply because a lot of those are fan favorite characters. But uh, that said, it's not like I necessarily want a prequel to this issue to find out how all of these pieces fit together, how they all you know died and how they worked when they were all a big team together. It's just it, it just kind of leaves you kind of um, wistful for Alpha Flight, which I guess in the long run isn't a bad way to feel. It just makes me want to see more of the classic team. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I fair. feel that. 
Adriana, did you feel like this would be better with more characters, or do you think it it's sort of an economical storytelling? It works the way it is, and if there were too many other characters, maybe it'd be a little too bloated. I don't know. Definitely, like the latter. Like I, I don't think it needed more characters. I think it works the way it is. It's just kind of like, like I said, um, there's uh, that very brief disappointment that oh my, fa- I don't get to see what my favorite character is like in this alternate universe. I think I probably would have been a little bit more upset about the lack of Northstar if there wasn't such great Northstar content in X Factor. Fair, yeah. I uh, I I was going to make a corny joke, which I'll make now, which is, I don't know, we had a real missed opportunity of seeing Hyperion and Wildchild face off. I just think that would have been the battle for the ages. Oh, there's been some good Wildchild stuff in yes. the Hellions, which... Again, like this era of the X Men has been so good for revitalizing characters that have been neglected or have been relegated to like C list or D list status. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's some primo Wild Child content going oh, on man. in uh, Hellions. That makes me incredibly probably more happy than it should. But there you go. I have always thought Wild Child was fun, both as a villain and a hero. Um, I you know. My inclination when we do a one-shot like this is to ask the question, hey, uh, what do you think would be cool as a as a next step? You know what I'm saying? And yet, uh, there's not really a next step here, right? You know, Wolverine is dead, or Weapon X, rather, is dead. Um, the team is basically disbanded, and the series wraps up without them. They aren't a part of the solution uh, unless, Doug, you want to spoil that uh, Shaman shows up at the last minute and helps with the final <laughs> battle, in which case I will go read it right now. I don't want to spoil the event, but I, as I already said, what happens here doesn't matter because yeah. the reality that we see here, I mean, this is not a surprise, will be wiped away and right. it will not be part of. So, right. you know, the, as, as Marvel's continuity currently exists, Alpha Flight I, actually, I don't know where Alpha Flight is in terms of 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 um, uh, you know as a active unit in current Marvel chronology, but there's no reason that you couldn't start an Alpha Flight series tomorrow that brought back all of the classic characters or added more. There is Gamma Flight. Oh, that's oh, right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know Which that. Which the that. number one issue I think just recently came out, and it's being written by Al Ewing and Crystal Fraser, who is a trans woman. And I think this is like the first time a trans woman is writing a, like an ongoing comic for Marvel. I could be wrong. If Gamma uh, Flight is the current you know iteration of what is closest to Alpha Flight, sounds great to me. I know they've been teasing more Alpha Flight content over the past year and a half or so. They even teased as they have a few times over the past decade or so, that there is a Alpha Flight movie on its way. But you know what? I'll believe it when I see it at this point. I mean, they've announced the next movies for, like, what, the next five years or something? So it's hard to know, like, if they're going to do Alpha Flight, when they're going to do it. And my anxiety is always, is it going to get the Inhumans treatment? You know what I mean? Like, I want to make sure if they do it, it's a full part of everything that's going on and not like a TV special on the WB or (laughs) or it's not the WB anymore. It's a CW. (laughs) That's how old I am. I called it the WB. Before we wrap up here, uh, Doug, was there anything specifically Canadian about this issue that you want to highlight for our non-Canadian listeners who are living in ignorance of your homeland? Well, the uh, this issue 
uh, focuses on some specific Canadian locations, including Quetico Provincial Park, which is in northwestern Ontario, and known for its excellent canoeing and fishing, uh, as well as Windsor, Nova Scotia, as close as this uh, issue ever gets to, uh, to to Newfoundland or Marina. But uh, it is nice that it, it just didn't, considering that Alberta and BC are off limits, that uh, at least they, they went outside of just uh, being focused in Ontario. Windsor is a community in uh, Hans County, Nova Scotia, Canada, best known in this country. Uh, it pr- it promotes itself as the birthplace of ice hockey, which may be why it's actually <laughs> known enough to be focused uh, on uh, in this issue, because it's not a place that we hear about that often in popular culture. Windsor, Nova Scotia, focused on on in this uh, issue of uh, an Alpha Flight comic. Pretty interesting. Sudbury, Ontario, also mentioned briefly, but that's less interesting. Everyone in Canada knows where Sudbury is. Sure, and uh, you know they did highlight our eventual plan to annex parts of Canada for oil. So I like that that was put out. Look, there. you know what? Alberta is three quarters American already. Just take them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So that was uh, this one-off issue of Heroes Reborn with uh, Weapon X and Final Flight. Um, it, hopefully, you will check out the series. Let us know what you think. If you like that uh, one issue, or even if you check out all of Heroes Reborn, let Doug know why he's wrong and it's the greatest <laughs> uh, 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 cross series ever, or whatever the heck. Um, hey. We're really, really glad that you listened uh, to this episode. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's unclear if we're going to come back again. Part of that might be if they do another random what-off issue that we think looks cool. Uh, other than that, it, it, it's not clear. But we are part of a whole family of other podcasts you could check out as well. Uh, Adriana, where can they find some of those other podcasts that we share a home with? You can find them on the Cinepunks Podcast Network if you visit Cinepunks.com. That's C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. That's correct. And Doug, they can also uh, find Cinepunks where on social media? Uh, well, you can find it at Cinepunks on almost all versions of so- social media. There's also a Twitter account for the flight stuff. You can still give us feedback through there. We're, we're always going to read it and pay attention to it. And, of course, uh, all three of us are available on social media. You can find myself on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. How about uh, you, Liam? Oh, I'm at Liam Rules, R-U-L-Z. Uh, and Adriana, what is your handle again? It's at E-A-D-X-B-B. I always forget it because it's a bunch of letters and I don't know what it means. <laughs> it's a it's a guitar tuning that uh, was used by Ricky Wilson of the B-52s on oh, a few songs. That's so specific and I kind of love it. That's the best thing ever. Well, we are, as we said, very glad you checked it out. Who knows? Maybe soon we will be the flight stuff covering Gamma Flight, the next greatest comic book in the history of Marvel. Or maybe not. Who knows? Still. We did get a request to cover Gamma Flight. <laughs> yeah, I'm way more interested in Gamma Flight than I was of this one-off issue we just talked about. <laughs> I do. I do appreciate that. If you guys want to do it, I'm down. We'll talk about it. We'll see what happens. Either way, thank you so much. Flight, flight stuff, stuff out. out.